Groove Podcast, and this is episode two, and today's topic of discussion will be the modern church. Allison, unfortunately, could not be with us this time. She is tending with family, so uh, hopefully she will be back next week. Uh, But for today, I have a very special guest who is not just my brother in blood, but he's my brother in Christ, and please welcome my brother Jordan. Hey guys, I'm honored and privileged to be on the air with my brother Timothy. Um, I love him to death, and I'm excited about this podcast. In our first podcast, we kind of summarized our testimony so that the listeners could have an understanding of where we've come from and how God's working in our life before we actually give our opinions. So could you give our listeners a brief summary of your testimony on how God has uh, interacted in your life? Yeah, I'll do my best. Uh, You know me, Tim. I'm not very good at being brief. Uh, I uh, tend to talk people's ears off, but I'll do my best. So I grew up with Timothy, and I love him, and he's awesome, and we had a lot of fun growing up, and uh, I went to college, a private Christian college, and that's kind of where I started stepping away from the faith, and I just wasn't interested in what it entailed, so I kind of, uh, I left for California to pursue my dreams as an actor. I realized in uh, that six to seven years that everything I was pursuing just wasn't fulfilling, the pleasures I was seeking for myself. I realized in my final year California, in California that I wanted to be close to my family. Uh, my brother got married and my sister was married as well, and I wanted to be close to my younger sister. Uh, I realized how much I missed my family being in California, so I moved back to Northern Virginia where I am attending a seminary. I'm studying theology. I'm super excited about jumping into God's Word and knowing more about it. Uh, I had a lot of questions in California. Culture was tossing a lot of questions towards me. And the culture didn't have the answers, and I didn't have the answers. And it wasn't until I came back home and uh, God opened my eyes to the truth in Scripture that I realized all the answers are found in God's Word. So I wanted to delve deeper, and seminary has helped me uh, do that. Now, I'm not a, a expert of the Bible. I've only... This, I'm in my first year of seminary. Just to establish that as we go into our conversation about the modern church, I'm not an expert, but I do love the topic and I love the discussion, and that's where I want to be a part of it. Very cool. Very good stuff. Thanks, Tim. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because in the first podcast, we explained how we do not have any credentials. We don't have any sort of accolades to speak in, you know, in a higher form than others. <laughs> so, Well, you, you bring up a good point, and I listened to that uh, in your podcast your episode with Allison. It was fantastic. Uh, it is important to, to let the, the listeners know that we aren't the, the scholars of this field. We are desiring to know more, and we also encourage those that are listening to find out for themselves. But, but look in God's Word and, and find study uh, tools to help you interpret uh, the truth in God's word better. But I do think, Tim, you you are intelligent, you are smart, you are knowledgeable. Through the Spirit, we can uh, encourage listeners and uh, point them to, hopefully, God's word, right? Right. I feel like so. it's uh, the Lord has given us a gift to articulate and um, also to... Have fun. <laughs> to, 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 to bask in the glory of God, to, to get excited about it. Allison, I could sense that with Allison and you in your last podcast episode. You guys are excited about this. You love this stuff, and it's encouraging to me um, as I pursue the same thing. 
Right. And I mean, I feel like this is very important things to try and invest your time in, to, to yes. study things, to try and assess something, and then to ultimately edify the brethren, the, the fellowship, the body of believers, because ultimately we are here to glorify God, and it glorifies Him when we are all unified together in one truth. Yeah. I think it's just important to state that we want to bring clarity. Uh, the Christianity in the Bible is not meant to be confusing or all mysterious and and subject to interpretation right there there it, it's clear there are things that are black and white and that's what i i like to uh, address when i'm talking to a person that has some qualms or or some hang-ups with god's word it is difficult it does take some commitment uh and intentionality when you're studying god's word but it's not it just this mysterious mythological belief system and that there is a clarity and there is black and white systems involved so yeah, just want to point that out mm, very true we, we, the the lord presents us something that is black and white despite that us being you know gray creatures um which only explains that we can only come to his truth and wisdom through the work of the holy spirit because otherwise we are incapable by natural means which tim I, i'll be honest for 26 seven years I thought the Holy Spirit was like, you know, and I hate to say this, was worthless. It was useless. I didn't understand the role of the, the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't until I finished up my, my bachelor's degree at uh, Cedarville and, and then currently in seminary, just how important the Trinity is, like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is exactly as you said. It, it is through the Holy Spirit that we get the supernatural help to better understand God's word uh, and to be better servants for our creator. Let's actually dive into the Christian church. I may have to go back and put some edits because we kind of did a little rabbit trail. I mean, you and I could do a whole podcast without even planning it. <laughs> well, yeah. See, I love talking to Tim in general. I don't get to talk to Tim as much as I'd like. But, man, Tim and I, we could spend hours just talking and theologizing. And if, yes, we need to stick to the point, I'll do my best to stick to the topic. <laughs> And on that note, let's go ahead and uh, go into our first chapter of our uh, topic of the Christian church. And to start off, I would like to just go into the purpose. What What is the purpose of the Christian church? What did God intend when he you know, established the church, when, when Christ had this you know, relationship with the church that we are um, supposed to mirror with each other? So, I mean, I would like to... T- I explain my perspective of what I believe the purpose is, and then I would like to hear Jordan's perspective. I would like to, I guess, summarize it as the purpose of the Christian church is to educate, edify, and fellowship towards glorifying God, because we can all agree that is our primary purpose, the, the reason we were created. And the church, I would say, is the unity of believers coming together to build up one another, to clear confusion and educate ourselves on who the Lord is. And that does glorify God. And I feel like that is the purpose. That should be the purpose of church. That's beautiful. I think edify is a huge, uh, it's a huge word that I'm still learning, but how important. And I'm reading a book right now called Compelling Community. And it's interesting you've asked me to, to, to join you on this topic of discussion because uh, I've recently just started attending a church and have seen it from the beginning, being a part of the actual church plant and growing into the church that it is today mm. and finding out just that. What is the purpose of church? Because, you know, you and me, Tim, growing up, we were part of a church, but I don't think we really had any idea 
true idea of what church was for other than seeing our friends every week and right. and hearing a service and, and going through the motions. But what this book, Compelling Community, states, uh, it's very interesting that Jesus established his church for, this, for the reason, and specifically in this one chapter, for the reason of preserving his people until he comes again. And I quoted that from Dever in, in Compelling Community, basically establishing the church to preserve his people until Jesus comes again. So what does preserve mean? I think preserve is just that, edify, educate, and glorify God through our fellowship together. I think you nailed it. So I've not viewed church as that, but I think that does shine a light on it in my life what the purpose of church is. I think when a, a believer actually understands the purpose of church, they become more skeptical of the modern church, of, of what they're surrounded by. And I feel that that is fair, since we don't want to just allow any sort of church to come come about and sort of influence you know, the body of believers, even though they have already been infiltrated with social pressure to change towards you know the culture. And there's, a, there's verses about that, too, being tossed and, and turned by the uh, waves of, of cultural thought. It's, and that's interesting, Tim. There's a lot of presuppositions with church. There's a lot of presuppositions from our culture of what church should be, what it should look like, and what we're finding out even with the Catholic Church, that everything is changing. Everything changes. It's almost a weekly that the Pope is coming up with something new for the church or, or changing an old rule. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of people are thinking the churches should be flexible. Creating um, exceptions based off of where the culture is. Yeah, yeah, what the social, yeah, it's the social, through social media and, and, and movies and music, uh, what they're teaching, whatever best benefits the human being, that's what the church is for, to best serve man. It's almost and, become a marketing campaign where they have to try and polish up what they're selling this whole time they have they have to come out with a new way to approach a new crowd it's interesting you say that Tim, because you you have a mix it's almost as they're like a car car salesman when you walk into a church they're trying to sell uh, i think it comes from the evangelistic era where people were were trying to fire brimstone and and send missionaries out trying to reach out to people and and sell the gospel it was like it's funny because that's still in our current generation of when you walk into a church, they're trying to keep people in the pews. They're trying to sell the gospel. Where they're trying to make the truth attractive. Yeah, that's you know we can't do that. We can't make the truth attractive. It's the Holy Spirit's going to make the truth attractive. What we can do is plant the seed. Well, the truth is not attractive. I mean, that's the fact. The the people trying to tell something that isn't exactly true. It's like no, we don't we don't believe in something that is for everybody. We don't mm. we don't all unite together to bring in everybody because everybody is supposed to believe the same thing. It's like, no, we have a very unattractive faith that we shouldn't be selling because it's not within our power to like unveil the truth. Well, and I don't think, and that's just it, Tim. I think the churches are trying, like you said, trying to make the truth attractive. We need to understand that the foundation is the truth isn't a very attractive truth jesus was crucified (laughs) he wasn't he wasn't thrown up on a throne and said this guy's awesome this whole the truth he's sharing with us right now is attractive no he shared the truth and he got crucified for it Mm -hmm. so a true church 
isn't relying on the fact of, 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 of foundation of trying to sell an attractive truth. Um, and what I love about our church and various other churches in this area are doing the same thing. That's a beautiful thing of just saying, here's the gospel. Here's the good news. Now we are going to pray that the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and hearts to this unattractive truth and see that this is everlasting water that this gospel truth is offering. I think I also established the idea that church is not a place to be comfortable mm. in because church is the place for conviction. It's a place for a reminder of the life of persecution that we live. It is kind of bringing full circle of like, listen, we may be going through suffering and struggles and conflict, but here's the reason why we go through this, why we ache and uh, long to be somewhere else. So uh, the church is supposed to be a comfort, but it's not supposed to make people feel comfortable as far as um, it being a place to be a certain way. It's, it's difficult to explain. <laughs> well, hey, that's, you bring up something interesting, Tim. How, uh, would you define comfort like or comfortable? So, so define comfortable, and then we can like we can go on discussing why the church shouldn't be comfortable but comforting, right? Uh, for someone who doesn't. So, so yeah. So, I think a non-believer goes into a church expecting a comfortable atmosphere. What are they looking for? What is what's what's the definition of comfortable in that state? Right. That statement. Well, uh, I, it makes me think of comfortable as like people who are uh, like ear tickling, saying things that sound good that make you feel good. It's kind of basing your intention in, of going to church around the feeling you get from it, and that feeling would most likely be something that was positive and uplifting and encouraging. And that's fine if it's genuine, but we can't rely on the church to, you know, fulfill that one sort of feeling of feeling comfortable, only hearing Uh, things we want to hear, making uh, it easy to be a Christian. Which Tim, you said this word a couple of times, feelings. That's what this culture is all about. That's what the media is teaching. That's what churches want people to to feel when they walk into a service. Mm-hmm. There's this, it's all about serving man, once again, and serving their feelings. How do they feel? And guess what's subject to change? Feelings. Everyone's got different feelings about certain things based on the day, based on the week, whether they didn't sleep well, whether they did sleep well. Their feelings are subject to change, so it's important that the church doesn't feed into feelings, mm-hmm. but is it uh, has more of an objective foundation that's obviously founded in truth in the Bible. So when we walk into a church, we shouldn't be walking into a church that's focused on us trying to feel good. I think it's important that we walk into a church that expresses Jesus in the gospel that comforts us, like you said, comforts us so that we do feel comfortable. But the reason we feel comfortable is that Jesus is is being preached, that the gospel is being preached, that the, the, the Bible is opened up, and that makes us excited. That gives us uh, a sense of comfort, not necessarily, uh, oh gosh, I feel comfortable because this praise song is welling up inside of me and giving me goosebumps, or the pastor is is saying something that makes me feel good. Now I can go into my week feeling good. That's not going to last. Right. So as we're talking about the feelings of church and and things to like be careful for, let's let's go back to breaking down, you know, what the church is. And this is something I was like looking into because I was really curious, like what is it like literally defined as church? And Webster defines church as a place of worship. 
Um, oh, wow. Almost synonymous with a church as a building. And, of course, oh, okay. that's a very okay. common misconception of people thinking of church, like going to church, going to a building, you know, with a steeple and all that. But we as believers should know better that a church is when a body of believers come together. It's like yeah. when I'm meeting with you in person, right. we we are a church because we are yeah. a group of believers coming together. We So we are his church. We are the church of God. It, it, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's not a specific building. This building is church. No, it's the people in the building. It's it's the community. Um, which right now, Tim, our our church is meeting in a theater. We're, we're meeting in a theater, eight, uh, you know, across from you know this all these crazy restaurants and shops, and we want to be able to have a location that people can come to. You know, people that hear about us, they can go to a location, mm-hmm. uh, but. It's the, it's the community inside that theater that, that comprises the church. I would almost consider that building as just, it's a place of refuge, you know, to, to bring in those who are seeking that sort of uh, upliftment. Sanctuary. Yeah, sanctuary. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I still see that there is value in having that place of worship. Oh, it's a must. I mean, we're having a lot of problems right now. We're trying to figure out a building for the children's ministry, and we just don't have that space in here. So, yeah, building's super important, and God's going to provide. He has provided. It's fantastic. So as we bring up the whole perspective of the building and the people, I mean, we should look back kind of at where the church has evolved as far as, like, what, what did the church first look like? I mean, we can go back, I think, yeah. in Acts where it discusses how it was like huddled masses that came together, almost like um, it was like they, they met in very isolated places, like with caves or the wilderness, because they were afraid of persecution. Because during that yeah. time, it was yeah. a very dangerous thing to be a Christian, to be a proclaimed believer of somebody who had offended the government, somebody who mm-hmm. was so offensive to the religion of the people. So mm-hmm. back then, the church, they didn't have their own building. They didn't you no. know, start manufacturing a temple saying, this is where we're going to all come together as Christians, because that would, yeah. you know, that'd be crazy. It was house churches, Tim. And I think you, you nailed it. it. It was house churches back then. A bunch of uh, New Testament books or letters where Paul's talking about going to specific houses to, to worship with believers. And it was, yeah, it was underground house churches, yeah. Right. It wasn't acceptable. They were persecuted, absolutely. And we look through the ages of how the church has become more of a building, how, you know, as the culture is adapting, it becomes... Uh, more accepting of a devout religion and then the the divine branches of that religion and then the open-mindedness of you can believe whatever you want, therefore you can go anywhere and be free in believing what you want. Which I have to make a note, Tim, on what you said about uh, the early church uh, that I think is fascinating. People like to say God is evil, allowing persecutions to happen. He's an evil God. How could you believe in a God like this? He used... That state of the early church for the spreading of the gospel. So, you know, you hear about these underground churches, Tim, in China and and in various other places where people are persecuted. They do not have the freedom of religion like they do in America, right? Right. But those church groups, those fellowships are blossoming times ten compared to the churches here in in America. It makes, it makes sense. 
Yeah, I'm studying a little bit of missional theology, and I think it's fascinating that the thriving churches are the ones that are being persecuted. So, can you imagine? Just it started off as a small group of, of, of young early believers right after Christ died on the cross. The best way to spread uh, the gospel and to to um, grow the church was through persecution. It was through that that persecution that people were interested. They were strong Christians that were willing to put their lives on the line to die for the truth, for the gospel. And I think that's just that's an interesting point that needs to be made. That is why another reason why we this church is struggling here in America. You have all this religious freedom. Um, and people have taken it for granted, and that's why it's you see a lot of dead, empty churches. You see a lot of shells of churches because there's no urgency. You need to bring back the urgency of, of church, the desperation of relying on the Lord to carry us through our days. Yeah, there's not a lot of danger. We're you and me. We we don't wake up with the potential, you know, missile missile explosion, you know, next to our house. Well, we, we do got face it. different crises, uh, different dangers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, we, we face the, the ultimate danger of apathy. That's that's the ultimate danger. Of, when you don't experience any persecution, danger, or death on a daily basis, you get apathetic and you get lazy. Uh, I'm speaking from experience. You just, who cares? You know, okay, I'll read my Bible today, I guess. When you have people in China who are being persecuted, who revere like and are devout uh, when it comes to the Bible and their daily devotions. Mm. It's a very interesting point on evolution of the church, where it began in persecution, and then where it is now. And I, I, Tim, I'd venture to say we're not too far from, and it's a, we already see it in various uh, spotlights of, of persecution here in a different way, you know? Right. It's more being ridiculed. It's more of scoffing and mocking and stuff that Jesus went through. Nothing new. Yeah, it's nothing new. Uh, the persecution of the saints has had many different faces, but it has primarily just kind of been the same, like, origin of just Mm -hmm. seeing sin trying to separate us from God. Yeah. So as we've spoken about the establishment of the church, where it's come from, the purpose of it, trying to define it, let's let's now hone in on defining the the focus. What should the focus be of a church? So you you made a prime example of when you uh, are experiencing a church being planted, uh, starting at its roots. I mean, you really have to have that really deep discussion of, okay, if our church is going to grow, what should our focus be as we are proclaiming God's truth? Because we do have a responsibility as church leaders to make sure that we are maintaining the standards that God has placed for us. Yeah. So what, uh, in your opinion, what should the focus of the church be? That's a, that's a great question. I think there's a lot of focuses, but the sole focus of a church absolutely has to be the gospel. Mm-hmm. It literally has to be the teaching of the gospel. That is the sole focus, not on the pastor, not on the music, not on the congregation, not on the building, not on the communion. Not, no, those are all great focuses. But, but a church without the foundational soul focus of the gospel is, is not a church of God. That is a materialistic church. It's a, it's a church that's feeding the feelings of the congregation. It has to be based and focused on the good news. So as a basis and foundation, we can say that about our belief as an individual as well. It needs to be founded on the gospel. That is correct. Yes. 
But as a church, though, to focus on what they are um, emphasizing and expressing to the congregation, what should that focus be? Like, what should their loudest voice uh, be, you know, tailored to? So you're you're suggesting that uh, individual focus should be the gospel, but you're saying that the church's uh, focus should be tailoring to the individual? Well, the the church is uh, basically being exposed to ongoing Christians, suffering Christians, new Christians, non-believers, mm-hmm. and then those who are skeptical that try and just divide the congregation. So they're 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 having a very colorful herd of sheep that they are trying to uh, reach and sadly enough one message is not going to translate to all ears so there there needs to be a way for them to break down and focus on that which you're absolutely right but that's my point of uh, the focus being the gospel not just in teaching the gospel in the music the gospel outside of church the gospel in the community for instance uh, bible studies uh, dinners how important is having people over for dinner? So a non-believer comes into church, he hears the gospel, and he's like, okay, I've heard this preached before, but now I want to see it lived. I want to see the gospel lived out in this church. Okay, what does it look like to be living out the gospel? Well, I hope what I try to do every Sunday is talk to new people, invite them over during the week. This is Bible study on this day. This is dinner at this day. Um, you want to go play Frisbee golf, you know, on this day, and let's hang out. That's that's hopefully. I mean, that's that is fellowship, um, and that's what I mean to be the focus of the church is living out the gospel, not just teaching it, but living it out. But I'm right. curious, what, what is your understanding or, or belief that the focus of the church should be? Well, I do believe that we are supposed to have that testimony in all of our stages of life when we are at the church and not at the church. Of course, we need to maintain that sort of testimony, and that's another great podcast discussion. Like, what is our testimony? But anyways, uh, I, I believe that it kind of it, it goes back down to justification and sanctification, those two foundational blocks, the DNA of Christianity. I mean, that really distinguishes what message you're going to convey because justification is that sort of evangelical message of saying the Lord has bought you with a price. And that message of the gospel is just it's, – it's totally encapsulating of that message so which and i'll I'll read the definition just for those who are listening or aren't sure these two words are very important the justification is the action of declaring or making righteous in the sight of god and i believe it's a one-time deal Mm -hmm. Um, it's an action (laughs) and it's declaring that you are right in the sight of god and then what happens after justification is what tim just mentioned as well and i'll let you go on to the, yeah, the, the second part is sanctification, which is the ongoing process for the rest of our lives of being Christ-like. Yep. Being Christ-like. Yep. Being sanctified after we are justified. Now, are we ever completely sanctified, like to the point where we're – are we building up every day, getting better and better and better to where we're perfect? Is that possible to reach perfection? We can, we can never achieve that perfection, but we strive for it because that is the standard that Christ has put upon us. As believers and followers of a perfect God, it's it's standard, but I, I also think it's it's something to be encouraged. So the focus of a church, when they are addressing the gospel, is to encourage the sense of a desire to be sanctified, to be more like Christ, not to be okay. So yeah, we're at the point where we're justified with Christ, right? We're right. So what's keeping us from sinning more? 
if we can sin all we want now because Jesus has covered our, you know, he's covered our debt. But no, the church's responsibility is to remind those to not be okay with sin. Sin is not okay, and we did, we have a desire to honor and glorify Christ more than our desire to sin. That is the process of sanctification, where every day you wake up, how can I best serve the Lord? And hopefully a church will encourage you to do that, to think those questions, and to every day encourage you through the sanctification process. Right. And you can definitely see how, with the church being educational, you can definitely see how you can teach justification, which is the reassurance of what has already been done. And then the education of sanctification of, listen, this is how we grow closer and live more accurately of the standard that God has given us. So you definitely see the education that needs to be proclaimed in these churches. But the problem is you can't bring in both at the same time because like trying to discuss justification and sanctification at the same time is very it kind of jerks your head around because you're trying to get in that same thought, you know, of just, okay, is this what I'm supposed to do? Or is this something that's already been done? Not trying to create doubt, but trying to create peace. Yeah. And I think Tim, it's vital that we, and I, f- I feel bad that we haven't discussed this yet, but a lot of what we're talking about can be found in God's Word. And I just I want to encourage our listeners. These are our opinions from me and Timothy, but they uh, do have some biblical backing. So I definitely encourage you, as Tim mentioned in Acts, we were talking about the church and what the church looks like, uh, especially the early church. Read Acts. If you want to know more about justification and sanctification, get into Romans, the whole book. So th- these are not... Jordan and Timothy's opinions and ideas just out of thin air. We hope to be talking and discussing out of God's Word. Right. Um, so definitely, as we're discussing the focus, the evolution, the purpose of the church, dive into Romans, dive into Acts. And, I mean, you could go into Colossians, Thessalonians. Hebrews. Right. I mean, the purpose of this podcast is to create a discussion that will kind of promote that spiritual activity to, to pursue truth. Yeah. And as we're talking about the church, by all means, let, let us yeah. you know, don't take our word for it. By all means, you know, delve in more to the letters of Paul as he's addressing yeah. each of these individual churches, uh, what Christ and his relationship is to the church and what he asks of us. So, I mean, yeah. we just want to spark that, that passion for God's word and, and, and today's topic of church, yeah. I think it is so important for us to address this, not just to be somebody who accepts it just because I've been at this church for 12 years, you know, I don't see a problem with it, or ah, I can deal with other things I don't really agree with in this church. So that's why I feel like it is it should take up a whole podcast to talk about because it's happening everywhere. It could be happening to the person listening right now, or it could be happening further down the road. You're diving into a very interesting part of our topic, Tim, and that is uh, the issues that we're finding in, in the church. And, and the reason, like I kind of touched on a little bit of why the church is dying here in America, why it's thriving you know, in other countries. But you mentioned it at the very beginning, and it's cultural influence. When we allow the culture to compromise the Bible or compromise, you know, the, yeah, actually compromise the Bible, compromise God's word. Once we allow that to happen, you're opening the door for a whole lot of problems. Mm. You are lending yourself to. So, for instance, if one part of the Bible you believe in is right, and the other part of the Bible you disagree with, um, that's what I mean by compromising. You're saying, okay, well, I'm creating a buffet Bible. I want to take certain parts of the Bible that work for me. I want to take certain parts of the church that work for me, but not 
do the other stuff. So, for instance, I wanted to go to church. I just want to go to church, sing, listen to a good sermon, and go walk home. And I like to have Chinese food on Sundays. Sue me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the deal. It's not a consumeristic church. We can't be consumers. We have to, uh, or, or we should, when we're experiencing uh, the grace of God, we have this desire to serve those in our community. You know me, Tim. I'm nervous. I don't really like to just talk to new people. But God, you know, I have to pray to God and say, God, please give me strength to talk to new people and encourage them because they could be having a bad day. Or they may have questions about the gospel. I want to talk to them. I want to get involved. So those are the problems that we're facing right now. Uh, some of the problems, I just, just tapped into that. That was very interesting when you brought it up. And I think that is the next point uh, in, our, in our discussion. Yeah, you. I mean, you were definitely touching upon it of when we are choosing a church for the right reasons. It's not something that we are supposed to look at from a view of, okay, well, what does this church have to offer me? Instead, our yeah, we're not just we should not just be consumers. Instead, we need yeah. to be you know providing that edification that the Lord Amen. has uh, given the responsibility for. So it's like, what can I do to help the church? Because it's not that this church should have it all together. No church has it all together. But no, if you see a no, place no, no, no. where you can contribute and you can edify the body of believers, then by all means, maybe that's the church that God has led you to be. Because He is not going to bring you to a church where you feel like you don't know more than what they're teaching, therefore you feel comfortable. But no, the, the Lord is going to bring you to a place where he wants you to be challenged, he wants you to have conflicts, he wants you to have differences of opinion enough to where you both want to look for that truth. Uh-huh. Well, you, you, iron sharpens iron. Uh, I think that's um, it's in Proverbs. But that's the idea, that you want to be in a church that is, is, is edifying, like you said, sharpening you and making you a a stronger Christian. You don't want to get to a church where you're just kind of relaxed all the time. Just like in real life, you know, you have to work out your muscles. People, and I'll be the first one, the Bible is clear, um, but they're there to find that clarity. You have to work on it. Mm-hmm. Just like relationships, just like in church, you have a relationship with your church. What do you do with relationships? You know, you, you say hello, you walk away, you see them again next week. That's going to be a very lukewarm relationship. If you were at a church with your brothers and sisters in Christ, build that relationship. Put the work in. Communicate just like you would your spouse, just like you would your brother, your sister, or you should, your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to put work into it. The Bible is a relationship. This is something that God's been displaying to me. I, I you know, try to be diligent doing my devotions and stuff and being diligent going to church. And I look at it as a chore. No, don't look at it as a chore. This is a relationship. Commit to your relationship because guess what? He's committed to me. God is committed to me. He sent his son to save me. He, he loves me. He wants to talk to me. He wants to talk to Tim. He wants to, he wants to communicate. There needs to be a sense of a commitment. Um, so, that, yeah, I think uh, another danger that in this topic, this little vein that we're discussing, is uh, something I discussed earlier, apathy. This, this kind of like, what can you do for me? And that's what our culture is in general, right? Any relationship right now is like, what is this relationship doing for me? What am I okay. getting out of this relationship? Yeah, what am I getting out of this relationship? And it's trickled into, it's bled into our church. Right. And it's bled into our relationship with our, our congregation. Yeah, this uh, sinful entitlement. Yeah, yeah. It's sadly, you know, we could go into the demographics. We could go into different generations and the millennial generation and the X generation, all that stuff. Right? But it does, it does make a lot of sense. And uh, having summarized that, uh, that final 
uh, chapter of our discussion, I would like to close this podcast with a uh, final thought, a call to action. Where are you? Where are you guys now when it comes to church? Where it comes to a body of believers, your interaction, your fellowship. Um, your desire, uh, please think about it, talk about it, and just feel free to be open to talking to us about it. You can contact us at our Facebook page, The Unattractive Truth, or at the podcast that you're hearing this from now. We really want to hear your thoughts, and we really believe that it is so important for us to have these different opinions so that the truth can be uh, harnessed, that we can come to the same conclusion, that we can clear confusion. Um, Jordan, what would your final thought be? Uh, I think you you touched on what I was thinking. What are your expectations? Mm. What what do you expect of the church? You know, what do you expect out of it? Is it biblical? Is it rooted in the Bible? My desire, my call to action in this final this final moments is that you uh, find a church, just get get plugged in. I'm not saying all churches are right or churches are good, but get plugged in, and God's going to use that. He's going to use whatever church you're in. Um, and he's going to cultivate the relationship. The, the church is going to hopefully guide you into how to study the Bible, the hermeneutics of it all. That, that's tough. You can't, I'm not, I'm not going to call you guys just to read the Bible, open the Bible, read the Bible. No. There's the, you have to read the Bible in a supernatural way. There's, there, you've got to pray about it. You've got to ask God for clarity and to open your eyes. So my call to action is to go to church. Go to church in your area. Get involved and see how God... Can, can use you in those situations. So uh, this is a very encouraging episode, Tim. I, I'm glad to, and honored to be a part of it. Well, um, thank I you so much this. for being our guest. Yeah, no, I love this topic, Tim. And I could, you know me, I could talk another another hour about it. Um, it's <laughs> it's really it's really it's it's fresh in my mind right now because because I'm living it. God is taking me through the process of a new church and what is church? What were my expectations? What is the focus? What is the purpose of church? And I'm just glad that God gave me this opportunity through your podcast. So Yeah, well, I we, we I, look forward I, to your your walk with the church to see where it grows and where it leads. Yeah, and what I learned and, and how God uh, stretches me and changes me and sharpens me. Um, I, hope you, I hope I get to be on this podcast again because this podcast is dope. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Thank you. I love it. Keep it going. <laughs> And on that note, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to listen. Please tune in uh, next week as we go through our third episode, and I believe we will announce the topic sometime in the middle of next week. So thanks for tuning in, and tune in next time for The Unattractive Truth.